1: everyone, we thought we'd give you a wee taste of our book club podcast because they're some of our favourite conversations to have and we feel like you're missing out if you aren't part of our book club. So in saying that, if you want to head to the show notes and join Shit You Should Read About, we have a little discount code for you. Enjoy! and we have no idea how to start this because it's our first ever and Bell book club podcast chat.
0: We had actually imagined when we were... Concepting this, that we would start with a new cocktail each month, and that you would open on the like gorgeous sound of a cocktail shaker making and me just explaining what like I was making that month in the treehouse where I used to live and
1: how it related to the book.
0: Turns out it's 7 30 a.m. and we're in uh, the pod studio, so slightly inappropriate to be just whirling you a gorgeous cosmopolitan.
1: Instead, we have. A beautiful eye here, producer to the stars. Um, Best man inventor. Yeah, quite literally, and we're not joking, and he'll hate that we're saying this, so I'm not going to look at him. But, <laughs> um, I can't. Yeah. He's also set us up a sort of pink and orange room to do this in because we're very pink and orange girls. Pink, orange, yellow, red.
0: Yeah, definitely the warm end of the colour spectrum, <laughs>
1: which actually
0: hilariously relates to the um, front cover of oh,
1: this book. <laughs> God, I hear he's looked at the cover of Romantic Comedy. And he's
0: lit the studio accordingly. It's like giving a little bit school disco, a little bit... A little little bit bit,
1: Fifty Shades of Grey Red Room. A little bit
0: horny, but very cute. And it's exactly how I want to start this day.
1: And we should say we don't really have a structure for this pod. We're literally just here to talk to you all about the book in ways that are not pretentious, hopefully. And... Not like the reviews that you already read in The Guardian and The New York Times and The Atlantic that I will say, I read a few last night, and mostly my takeaway was, okay, we are not just going to regurgitate all of this. Yeah, story. yeah. And one of them, this is such a typical line to be in a oh, book review. Oh, give it to me. Okay. Ultimately, it's Sittenfeld, not Sally, who delivers on the promise of this kind of romantic comedy. <laughs> like, it's just so typical of book reviews to put, ultimately, it's the author that thrives in the end, like not Oh the my God.
0: I just, I'm so glad you set that up from the beginning because if people have come here to expect like a um, university media studies type di- dissection of the cultural interplays and characters um, in this book.
1: We just won't be, it's not that we can't.
0: So <laughs> we won't. Yeah, maybe we burn those bridges when we we're actually at uni. But yeah, I just feel like this was the perfect book to start book club on Same. for so many reasons, and we're definitely like not here just to jet like
1: guess it up. Yeah, yeah.
0: in like a PR sense. But um, it was just like fizzy, which it's been described as. Fi- when I saw yes. that, I was like, yes, it's a perfect it room for it, bright and happy, and it's so. Fucking hard to write happy stuff as a
1: writer. Yes. And it's also hard as a reader because I found myself at the end of it wanting to be a cynic about how nothing really went wrong or anything that might have gone wrong got resolved. And I'm like, Lucy, it's actually okay to have a book that doesn't leave you feeling like shit (laughs) and that, I must say, I have not, and this is going to sound very um, book reviewish, I have not gobbled a book up this quickly. Yes. Probably... In, like, five years. This was such an easy read.
0: I know, I know. Also, like, caveat for the listeners that um, Luce and I actually haven't spoken about this book,
1: IRL. We've been saving ourselves yes. for you. Um, and I love in the book club chats. We've even been choosing questions that aren't actually really to do with the book. One, well, this was mostly because we didn't want spoilers for everyone. But then it turned out to be good because now we don't really have our opinions swayed by what everyone thought. Yeah, We only yeah. know their, like, hot takes, which we're going to go through about, you know, who they thought should play these these people in a movie that were to be made of the book or what celebrity that, like, we genuinely think we could pull. We had some really good chats. I'm obsessed. It was incredible. But should we start with just thoughts and feelings? Thoughts, feelings, emotions. Go, yep. go. Okay.
0: On. Well, firstly, I just wanted to say... To you, Lucy, (laughs) that the book club has made me fall in love with reading again. And it actually was like the perfect jolt I needed to like fucking open my books by my bed. And like, yes, I don't know where that discipline went. But so therefore, and thus, hence, therefore, um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) media essay um, energy,
0: the hegemonic influences at play. (laughs) um, This was like the perfect book to like get me back into it. Um, I also, in the latest month, have done, and I say this in block letters, extensive rom com research. And by that, I mean I got the flu and I watched, oh. I want to say 20 rom coms. Because I was like, what the fuck is it with this genre? Like, ha- there's a formula, we all love them. Mm. If you're ever hungover, it's that all of yes. the rings, nothing in between. And like, what is it that we're so captivated by these storylines of? typically boy meets girl bad things happen the characters are impossible despite all odds they get together and what was interesting and I loved about this book was that the stakes were like not that high yes none of the characters were like super annoying which I find I found like quite shocking I was thinking about like for example girls and the lead character um Hannah there was just like so fucking insufferable and some of her her interviews Curtis talks about like this insufferable female trope that kind of came up through pop culture um so I loved that That yeah. I just like genuinely loved the characters and I think my favorite the, this is gonna be so telling one of my favorite things about it was like how her work was the love of her life for a while yes. and that was actually not in a kind of toxic Oh, she's a
1: workaholic and hustle culture and she's doing it to get to the top. Yeah, yeah,
0: she's in her stilettos and her little skirt and she's like burning out. I mean, the like night owl schedule sounds fucking ruthless, but I sort of loved that. I felt like there was a celebration of like her leaving a marriage early on Mm. and like finding something that like filled her up in a way that, you know... Yeah.
1: That partner couldn't. Do you know what I love about us doing this podcast is I, and this isn't Curtis's fault, I had read so many reviews that were talking about how we'd never seen a book like this before and it was so subversive and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's actually not. One of the gripes I had was with reviewers, not with Curtis, was that people were saying how new and fresh and exciting this book was. And I was like, well, if you're actually, especially if you're my age and you grew up reading fan fiction or you grew up loving a boy band or you grew up, I don't know in this generation. Yeah, this book isn't new. Like this isn't this crazy new rom-com, like ugly girl in quote marks meets hot boy and he falls in love with her. Isn't it's not a trope I particularly love, and it's not new. And I saw all these reviewers being like, "Wow, a fresh take on rom-coms!" But then hearing you talk about the things that Curtis definitely intended to be new and interesting, like a woman being in love with her job and it being fine and normal and actually cool, and then also her leaving a marriage early and it not being this tragic huge thing, yeah. I'm like it was in that way yeah. and subversive, yes. and if you hadn't said that, I would have continued trying my hardest, don't know why my brain does this, to be a cynic about it. <laughs> I love you for it. And I'm really self-aware about it because i am I really struggle to just let myself love things courtesy of the job and not analyze. Yeah, yeah, yeah them too much. But what I really loved about this book... Yeah, was over that, to
0: you. I want to know what you liked.
1: ...was that she She not only wrote a novel, right, she also had to write comedy sketches. Like, she <gasps> also had to be an SNL writer. It reminded me a little bit about this, the um, screenplays that you write in the chimes and how it's not just normal writing. It's, like, normal writing, and then you've put yourself in another, like, almost like comedy writing, like this person, like... This person, Curtis, <laughs> did. and then she had to write like a whole bunch of comedy sketches as well, and have them actually be funny and good. And I was so—I want to say proud—it's not the right word. Impressed. I was so impressed. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that she could not only write a novel but also cosplay an SNL screenwriter and do it fucking well. A.K.A. like the literal best comedy writers
0: yes. on the planet. On the planet. I never thought of that either. God, you're, you're the yin to my yang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On top of that, okay, I'm going to like um jenga you here, yeah. <laughs> is, um, and I, I think this was, maybe this is a contentious part of the book, but the midsection being all comms between them, yeah. um, Sally and Noah and the pandemic, firstly, hit me to my chorus because that's actually how I fell in love during the pandemic. And I also bought a car and drove across what would be a state line as soon as lockdown lifted to go and see them. So oh it God. was crazy. Kind What's of... the word
1: um, serendipitous? Is that the word when something happens and it's just like your real life? No. Mm. Mm, well, you're not getting a media studies essay yeah. <laughs> here, so maybe I do get words wrong, everyone. Real
0: NCA achieved merit energy happening from us. But I loved that because it is how relationships fucking happen these days. And I loved how it like DMs, digital comms is also like sometimes where you're in a weird way able to connect better with someone sometimes than in real life and it does like kind of raise this like what would have happened if they both stayed in New York and they hadn't had this email exchange and and this ability to be more vulnerable within the context of a super vulnerable situation
1: so many things to say about this first of all I loved the email correspondence so much better than when they actually met in real life yeah and this says something about me because I love communicating online and I like it a lot of the time better than real life. and I'm like, because I feel like I come across better or I feel like you have more honest chat sometimes, which is probably different to a lot of people. It's the opposite maybe, but I... Really loved the email correspondence. And I remember when Sally Rooney's book, Beautiful World, Where Are You, came out. And all these critics came out and were like, no one uses email to converse like that. This is so snobby. This is X, Y, Z. And I was sitting there with Ruby, I think, talking about it. Like, we write a daily newsletter. We literally only communicate really with an email with anyone that we talk to. Yes. And... It is how young people, whether it's emails, whether it's DMs, whether it's whatever, it yeah. is what we're doing. And I, I honestly thought that was the best part of this book. If you want to hear more of our conversations about the books we're reading in our book club you can come and join Shit You Should Read About which is the very apt name for our book club where we give you access to our group chats, our full podcast episodes, our weekly prompts, our roundups. It's just the cutest community on the internet and even better if you click the link in the show notes you can get a discount um, to become a Cisco supporter and join the book club. So